A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the preview edition of Red Side of the Trent as we look ahead to Nottingham Forest fixture in West London on Saturday as we head to Chelsea. We are joined by David Cook who makes his Red Side of the Trent hat-trick appearance as Chelsea uh, fan. So welcome Dave. I'm uh, joined by Adam Wicklow this evening as well. So Dave, since we last spoke a lot's changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just seems change never seems to stop at Chelsea at the minute with new, no, managers, what hasn't new players changed, coming yeah. in. Yeah. Um, obviously, I know you um, you weren't particularly pleased about how last season transpired for a number of different reasons, but the initial signs of the Pochettino seem a bit more like the Chelsea of old, did you say? Yeah, I mean, going into the first game, it felt like a bit of pressure was off against Liverpool because I was saying to people, it just feels like it can't be any worse than last season, really. I mean, he would have to go some way to do that badly, um, like with the lack of goals and lack of home wins and, and everything else. Um, reasonably encouraged with what I saw in the first game against Liverpool. I thought we started that one quite slowly. Uh, and then that game kind of turned a little bit when Salah's goal was ruled out to make it 2-0. And then we really seemed to get a control of things after that. Um, Enzo Fernandez, I thought, really controlled that game, playing in a slightly uh, further offensive role than what we'd seen last season. Um, the second game at West Ham, uh, very good for the first half. Um, but I've said this to you, I feel like they're a modern version of Allardyce's Bolton. And I feel like if you're... If you're not prepared against them defensively, you'll get a bloody nose. And that's that's what happened with us. Um, beating us on a set piece for the first goal. The second half just fell apart, really. I'm not really sure why our energy levels weren't really up to the last half, either, especially given we had an extra man. And I was very disappointed with that one. And then Luton was was a strange one, really. Solid enough. I mean, they uh, will we'll obviously come on to the, their chances of uh, beating Derby's 11 points. So I think you've said it's maybe not that likely, um, sadly. They, they really do not look like a Premier League team. And I mean, now, with all due respect, because they've done incredibly well to get to the Premier League, but they just do. No, no, look fuck Premier that. League. They, they look fuck. awful. You, you can say it. They look fucking dreadful. Like, yeah. we, we, we said it on our preview, actually, ahead of this game. We said it looked like a lower half championship team going to like a Prem team in the Cup. They were absolutely abject in every department. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, and the thing they better win some home games because yeah, that record it could, it could all change at home. Definitely, could all change. Yeah, and the thing is, both me and my dad said though that we felt a better team could still have punished her because we had a bad sort of middle period in that game where we weren't we weren't really lifting the tempo of the game and we still looked a bit fragile at the back. Um, and, and I said it after, you know, coming into the game against you guys, we've got weaknesses that you will exploit because I know that the way that you guys particularly like to play in these types of games on the counter-attack, with, particularly with the speed of Gibbs, White and Johnson, I think with our back three at the moment and particularly with Silver and Dezazi not being the most mobile, I definitely think you'll get a chance to go. Luton had one or two when it was 1-0 and I was getting a bit worried. The second one killed them. But I think, yeah, you guys can definitely be a little bit encouraged with what you've seen. Having said that, yeah, overall, we do look a little bit better than last season. And whether we can get back to the Champions League, I don't know, but I feel like we've got a chance. So it's a bit of a... I guess uh, we, don't, we, don't, we kind of don't know whether Johnson will be available Saturday, do we? Because he could be going to Tottenham by Friday. So that'll be an interesting one. But Anthony Alanga is equally as fast, I believe. Um, maybe not as technically as good, but yeah, quick. And obviously, I don't know if you've seen Tywo won his goal on Saturday against Man United. I yes. mean, he, he left Rashford for dust, to be honest. So Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty much the way you've been playing against those kind of teams to a T, really. You'd be able to, to tell me more, but it, it looks very much like that's the way. That, and I actually feel like you get you seem to be getting a bit more joy because I've been, even though you didn't get a result against Arsenal or Man United, you've been far more competitive against those kind of teams recently than what you had been before. It felt like last season you were just trying to keep the score down at the start in those kind of games, really. Um, whereas that's now... Actually actually especially like, away, yeah. Yeah, the away games particularly. I, I mean, I would even go as far as to say it was a strange one, but it seemed like your weakest performance was probably the game that you won against Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. Probably well. not wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. Going, um, so, going uh, back to Chelsea very quickly, yeah. though. Um, one thing, I, you mentioned the West Ham game and the Luton game as well, actually. One thing I noticed that you sort of not struggle to put them away, but obviously I know Enzo missed a penalty to make it 2 1. But even then, there was like a little period afterwards yeah. and before where it seemed you were well on top, but just couldn't score. And it felt like it was going that way for Luton. Obviously, like you said, the longer it was staying 1-0, the more they sort of got a little bit of confidence and stuff. And I know Sanchez sort of punched that ball away quite awkwardly. And then obviously, you went up the other end and scored. But do you think that's a bit of an issue at the minute, the fact that you're not maybe as ruthless as you would have been in more successful times? Yeah, well, I thought what typified the issue particularly was the moment Ben Chilwell was through on goal on Friday night and he attempted a pass which was never even on and passed it straight to a defender. And that, for me, was a sign of an intrinsic issue. Firstly, where players don't have the confidence to shoot. And secondly, it's a case of not even wanting to take the responsibility. And what was slightly worrying was that Ben Chilwell was our captain on Friday. And I was saying, as the captain particularly, you should really be taking responsibility in that situation. Um, I think... Sterling's improvement makes me feel a lot better about it because I felt he particularly last season had a lot of issues of passing when he should shoot and, and not necessarily making the right decision and hanging on to the ball for too long. Uh, we saw it at West Ham, um, particularly just the decision-making. Jackson, I think, needs a little bit of time because I, I don't think he's a ready-made number nine for this level yet. I, I've said before, I think he reminds me a little bit of players like Remy and Batshuayi, those kind of decent backup players. But I think he needs to work on having a bit of chemistry with the front players. Um because you've, you see clearly, we've, we've revamped the midfield. Um, there's still been a couple of new defenders coming in as well, changed the goalkeeper, but it still just feels like what is the weakest spot for us? It's probably that top end. And I just think it comes from players not playing together enough. I think if you have a settled Raheem Sterling, he can easily get you 20 goals across a season. Um, we've seen like the potential that Mudrick has got. It just doesn't seem to come together across a whole performance. Jackson, I think there's a pretty solid forward. If not, it, 
not really a, a world-class forward, but I think there's a good Premier League player in there and it just needs a bit of time to work on, I think. Having said that, last season, obviously, we had a manager who I thought was completely out of his depth and couldn't see any kind of progress so long as he was there. With this manager, I feel like while we're not in the position to win Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues like we were a few years ago, I feel that's the right manager for where we are. So I think all those things I think he'll be working on and I think he can do well. Yeah, I think the resurgence of Raheem Sterling in the two games I've seen him against Luton and, and Liverpool, he looked really, really sharp, really like yeah. involved in a lot of play. You kind of do shoe on into a point that I wanted to ask you, Dave, obviously you're coming from a Chelsea perspective and it's come across in a lot of different medias is what do you do with Romelu Lukaku? Does <laughs> Pochettino give him another chance and do fans give him another chance because it's a kind of a clean slate and he might be someone that, could could be could be the one to score your goals or or is that ship sailed? Well, it looks to me. I mean, I just saw the pictures about half an hour ago. It looks like he's just touched down in Rome and he's got a, a loud sort of fan reception there. So it looks like he's just about to sign with them on loan for the right. season. I mean, my my view on that was, if you look at it purely from a footballing perspective, I would have kept him because he. I, I believe he is still the best centre forward Chelsea have. I don't think we've signed a better one. Um, I think Jackson potentially could be, but at this moment, I don't think we signed a better one. However, the whole when, when you think about the the entire mix of where he is with his teammates and his coaches in the club, it didn't sound like it would be a conducive option to to, to pushing on. Um, it sounded, I mean, Pochettino, I think in one of his first press conferences, said, "I'm happy to speak with him and see what we can do." And then a few weeks later, that just changed to, "No, he's not even going to be involved. He's just told the club he doesn't want to be there." Um, I don't think there was an awful lot Pochettino could have done about it. It sounded like the whole thing was a mess before he even got there. Um, yeah, I mean, w- whether he could have actually fitted into what Pochettino tried to, is trying to do, I think he probably could have done. I mean, it, it's a strange one, though, because he, he didn't really play much at Inter last season. He was injured a lot. Um, so it's it, it's not really... He wouldn't be going into this season with any great momentum. He didn't have a great Champions League final. He didn't have a great World Cup. So whether we could have got anything like the player that was at Inter the last time or from three or four years ago, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be amazed if he ever plays for us again, to be honest. I think he's got a couple of years left on his deal. I could see him going for about 20 to 30 million next season if someone would pay it. Um, Roma is probably the right kind of level for him, I think, as well. A team that's, well, I'm not too sure which European competition they're in, but sort of that just below Champions League kind of level probably seems right for him, I think. Um so, yeah, but whether we sign another forward now, I'm not too sure. It doesn't look too likely. But um, if, if we were to sign Brendan Johnson, I might not, I probably wouldn't say no to that. But Tottenham looks more likely for him, I guess. No, yeah, it's looking more like Spurs at the minute. Although, I see if, 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 if the information we got today was that uh, Marinakis and Levy are a bit of a standoff, which isn't surprising. Uh, yeah. Both who <laughs> seem to maximise <laughs> ultimate pennies from their signings, which is, I, I, they're both entitled to it. I mean, I'm quite glad. I'd love to see an Apprentice around. episode of those two going at it. Oh, God, yeah. Like Claude and... Who's well, <laughs> the other, other guy? The Scottish guy that does the, um, the interviews. Like the one who's really not abrupt. Those, like, those two clashing heads. But um, yeah, on the yeah. top of £100 million player to another, obviously you mentioned Enzo Fernandez earlier. I think out of all the criticism that Chelsea got from January onwards last season... You know, obviously, the lack of goals, the Lampard tactical disaster classes, you know, <laughs> everything else that came with it. I felt that Enzo was maybe one of the few ones that sort of came away from it relatively unscathed. And it seems that this season he's really looked good in that more advanced role, as you were saying. I mean, like, I remember you saying before that you never felt like you've truly replaced Fabregas at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But do you think yeah. Fernandez has shown he could be the answer? 
Yeah, that's that's exactly who I'd compare him to because, um, well, strangely, we kind of deployed Fabregas in a more deep-lying role, I think, when we first signed him. Um, and he was playing a lot of balls over the top for Diego Costa, but he could also play a bit further forward as well. And I think last season, the problem was Jorginho left and it almost felt like we were using Fernandes as a direct replacement for him. Um, someone to pick up the ball constantly from the defenders and try and control the game just from having holding possession. But I think Fernandes can offer you a lot more than that. Um, the way that he spreads passes left and right, the way that he can play balls in behind. I thought against Liverpool, he, he really was the one who took control of that game. Luton, he played an excellent pass for Sterling, which set up Jackson for the third goal as well. Um, but it, it, it all comes down to just trying to settle the environment a little bit and just having a manager who really has a clear plan for him. Um, also, yeah, you said about Frank Lampard. I mean, that when he came back last season, that was a disaster. I mean, I didn't think that could get worse, but it did. Um, I mean, it was great for you guys in a relegation battle to come up against us, really, at that point, wasn't it? To try and get at least one extra point towards survival. Um, but yeah, I I think, well, the next thing as well is how it beds in with other midfielders. Casado's come in. He's now got the pressure that Fernandes had last season with the, the price tag. Um, and then Romeo Lavia as well. So how, the, I mean, the midfield needed changing up for a few years and, and be really interesting to see how those three can play together on the pitch because that, I think, is the key to unlocking whatever this so-called project is at Chelsea. How, how long do you think Pochettino gets in this project, Dave? Because obviously he's such a, he's an elite manager in my eyes. He's one of the top yeah. top ones, maybe just outside of it because he's not really won too much. But is he, is he, do you think he's the right man for this project, especially with so many players there as well? Because I, I don't know if you see in the press conference where he got asked about Marlang Sarr and he was like, who? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Cooper was a bit like that last season, to be honest. Yeah, I could to be I could actually understand both those managers. Yeah, not necessarily being able to remember everybody off the top of their heads. Um, yeah, I mean, the the two previous jobs he's done were very different, Tottenham and PSG, but they both uh, point towards a manager who's got the right level of experience. So I thought what he did at Tottenham was very good. Um, I mean, I, I was still critical of him because I felt like they should have won something in that time and they didn't. And it was probably the fault of the manager and the players there that they didn't. I think the manager there needed players who'd been there and done it before and the players needed a manager who'd been there and done it before. Um, and then PSG's a very different beast entirely. But then what I do like is that he's got experience of managing guys like Messi, Neymar and Bappe, players uh, of, of a, with huge reputations and egos, you'd think, as well. So for him to come into this job where we've slipped a long way from where we were, we've got lots of young players coming in. I mean, we saw what he did with players like Carl Walker, Deli Ali, Harry Kane, Danny Rose, these young players that he developed at Tottenham and did very well with um, and got the best out of. So I think well, in terms of how long he gets, it, it's a case of really what do you see happening if you stick with him? And so we may not reach the Champions League next season, but if I see where well, the club sees the signs that it's going that way, then I'd say that it's fine to stick with him. If it's another mid-table season and you can't see the progress, then that's when I'd start to question it. I mean, at the moment, it's so early to say anything about what he's doing, really. Four points from three games is solid enough. But um, I, I think the next, the, the first year or so, I say, just show signs that it's going in the right direction because we couldn't see that at all last season. And then from there, it's about pushing on. I think expectations will rise after this season. But um, for now, it, it definitely seems like the right kind of choice. I'm probably the best of what we could have got, given who was out there at the time. I mean, in all honesty, probably should have appointed him when Tuca was sacked really last September. Although whether Pochettino would have really struggled at that time, I don't know. Um, but I, for, for where we are right now, I think the right kind of person. 
No, it does seem to be a good fit. I know, obviously, there was... It was weird to, Obviously, he refused to go to Barcelona because he managed Espanyol at one point. So I figured he might do the same for Chelsea, but it appears that those sort of... No, but then that's issues have evaporated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he, 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 he's suppose... come to his senses with that one, I think. One of the things, though, that did... I do... May... I don't know, it's obviously, like... I'm not fully sold on him completely. I don't think he's as bad as people make out either. It's Robert Sanchez in goal. And um, I just, I know he's only 25. I see a lot of like a young sort of David Raya in him almost, in that like he's sort of going with similar trajectory almost. But I, I just don't, how, how do you feel with him in goal? Because obviously, it's, do you think he's not great on Kepa? Do you feel particularly confident with him between the sticks? Is it still too early to say? I mean, I guess he had very little to do against Luton. Obviously, a sign of a good goalkeeper is someone who, when he has nothing to do, he's still alert to stop danger. But he wasn't particularly convincing with that shot that he had to save. He just seemed a bit... I don't know. What do you think so far? It's a strange one because I think if he'd come in prior to March of this year, it would have looked like the right time to sign him because that looked like an up-and-coming goalkeeper. And then for some reason or another, he lost his place in the Brighton team. And it and it sounded like it it all went completely wrong for him there with his relationship with Zerbi. Um, from what I've seen so far... Nothing particularly special, nothing to blow me away. But and I don't know whether you need again. It's all about time and needing that to work with other players around you, and with defenders around you. Um, got a bit more of command of his penalty area than Kepa had. I thought Kepa was just rooted to his line too often with set pieces. That was his big problem. Um, I mean, fair play to his agent by the way, getting him a move to Real Madrid. I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to see his, his agent get in touch with me and see what kind of move he could get me if he can get that for Kepa. Um, I mean, well done to him. Uh, Although it's interesting, we have just signed George Petrovic uh, from, I think it's New England uh, in MLS. Yeah, we were linked to him as well. He was linked to yeah. him. Yeah. Yes, I saw that, yeah. Mm. Um, and he's not gone for huge money, so I don't really know how it's much. Well, many linked to something, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's 23, which for a goalkeeper is quite young. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a strain because it sounded like he is one of the better keepers in MLS, but let's be honest, MLS isn't really a particularly well-renowned league. Um, so... Yeah, whether whether a he'll compete for that first team slot, I don't know. Um, it, it needed a change. Um, I personally wouldn't have minded giving Edward Mendy another go because I thought he was one of the best Premier League goalkeepers for a year and a half. But he just completely got into a rut after he made a big mistake against Real Madrid in the Champions League and he never recovered from it. Um, I mean, he wasn't so good with his feet, which was, you know, in terms of when attackers put pressure on him. Um so, yeah, I think, again, it's another one. Maybe revisit in a year's time and just see where it is. Because for now, there's just a lot of question marks over a lot of things with us. And Robert Sanchez is another one. Whether he's quite that level of player, I don't know. However, he has got a good setup, given that the goalkeeper coach, Ben Roberts, was his goalkeeper coach at Brighton. So that, that may be a good thing for him. I don't know. Yeah, Do you think this is a good time for Forrest to be playing Chelsea? I mean, you've had kind of like three very different opponents so far. I was going to say, like, you're a relatively young team, which you are, but Forrest aren't, like, too dissimilar. I mean, like, we've got both our aging centre-halves in Felipe and Thiago Silva, but then I feel like the average age is probably not actually too dissimilar. But do you, do you still do you still think Pochettino's kind of working out who his best side is? And obviously, losing Reese James is, yet again, a massive, massive yeah. issue. Uh, getting made captain and then obviously getting injured first game of the season. Um, yeah, it, do you think it's a good time for, for Forrest to be going there? Obviously, Tyro scored twice last season. is in incredible form. I keep saying this every week, Christian. It's never boring. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a funny thing with uh, with Awani. I'm not on the pronunciation of it's Awani or Awani, but um, yeah, because I I brought him into my fantasy team at the start of last season because I saw he had a good record in the Bundesliga, and typically he didn't really start scoring until I took him out. I think. Um, <laughs> Such is the life of a, of a fantasy football player. Um, but uh, yeah, it is a good time to play us. I think for that reason, like you say, um, it's two or three months down the line, I'd like to really see where we are. I think that's when we'll have the true gauge of, of where this team is heading. I mean, we, we've still got injuries, though. It, does, it doesn't seem to matter who the manager is. We've got injuries. We've got nine at the moment. Like, James is always injured. Wesley Fofana, always injured. Badia Shields injured. And Kunku got a big injury last season at Leipzig. He's come to us. The same things just happened. It, it's it, our record in this department is frankly appalling. What it's been for the last two or three years, and it, and it can't just be coincidence because it's the third season in a row we've gone into the season with injuries and had them throughout the season. Um, so this isn't the, really the settled Chelsea team. And Kunku will come in, I'm sure. James will come back in. Lavia will come in at some point. He's a strange one as well because I don't really think he was injured, but Pochettino just said he just hasn't played enough for Southampton over the summer, so he just can't play for us yet. Um, so, in that, and, and like I said, Jackson's still finding his feet as well. I I do think purely based on what I've seen of Forest, but like I say, I can see where you're going to cause us problems. But I personally would be surprised if we see the back three that we've been playing for the first few games, only because. Well, if Pochettino looks at what happened at the City ground last season where you really exploited the high line with the three defenders um, time and time again, although that was three defenders over 30 in Azpilicueta, Silva and Koulibaly. Um, Azpilicueta and Koulibaly have now gone, but I, I would be surprised if we... But that, that's the thing again, it's just question marks over us at the moment. Um, so where, where we go from here, I'm not too sure, but... Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, having said that, I'm a little bit, I'll be honest, I'm a bit more confident of beating you than I was last season. Th th this time, I actually feel a bit more like you might need us to have a bit of an off day to try and beat us. Whereas last season, I just felt like whatever happens, they'll probably get something. So it's just a slight shift in that sense, I think. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That is probably fair enough. Also, there's a Lampard factor to take out as well. The man who gave us a quarter of our away points last season, and we only got eight. So... Wow. <laughs> but, um, on, on the topic of... Um, of Chelsea players it's like that may not be unavailable for yourself I mean Callum Hudson-Odoi talking about people left out in the cold yeah. um, there's very strong links that he could be coming to Forest and for the second time this season which I've never ever seen before we could have a possibility where the player that we sign his first game is against his former club at the former club's grounds Ooh, yeah. so obviously Matt Turner we signed from Arsenal and he played against Arsenal in his first game at the Emirates and it's very possible that if we get Hudson-Odoi over the line the sky seems to think we might his first game could be at Stamford Bridge against Chelsea now obviously I know you've always felt that 
there's been an element of your fans that sort of hope that he would be something that he perhaps wasn't. But assuming that does or is going to happen, what would you what would you what could you say that Forest had to look out for in regards to Callum Hudson Odoi? Well, I mean, in terms of Saturday's game, I think they'd do well, wouldn't they, to get him registered in time for that game, I think, because if the deal gets done even tomorrow, what he'd, they'd have to register him and he'd have to train with his teammates. I suppose maybe the thought of him being on the bench wouldn't be inconceivable, would it, um, for that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was... And this was completely not no fault of Hudson-Odoi, but I thought he was massively overhyped for what he was when he first came into the team because... Maurizio Sarri was using him in Europa League games against opposition that we comfortably should have been beating. And we were using him in domestic cup games against lower league opposition. And he was doing reasonably well. But the problem is there was a desperation among the fan base um, to get an academy player into the team and have them as an established first-team player as opposed to a handful of first-team appearances. What then happened, though, was that Frank Lampard came in the first time and brought in several academy players like Mount, Abraham, Tomori, James, Gilmore, etc. And then I think the desperation for Hudson-Odoi subsided a little bit because fans had what they wanted at that point. And Hudson-Odoi was almost the forgotten man. And I couldn't help but feel, as much as you know, we've been critical of Frank Lampard on this podcast, I do think it was very telling that this was a manager who wanted to bring in several academy players but still didn't really see the hype about Hudson-Odoi. And it felt to me like it, this is a manager who is more inclined to play those types of players and still doesn't really want to play him. Then there was an issue when Tuchel first came in where he subbed him on and subbed him off again in the same game, really because he felt that Hudson-Lloyd wasn't doing what he wanted him to do. He he then had his moments the following season where he started a couple of games but then got injured. Um, so it, it's it's a real strange one. I mean, when he's... When he's on form, I think he can be wrongly typecast as just your pacey winger at times, because I do actually think he can do a lot more for a team. I think he can come inside and he can play balls in behind. And I think he can generally be a menace across the attacking areas rather than be your out-and-out winger, which I think some teams have deployed him as. Because um, I do think he's got more skill than that. For Nottingham Forest, I think, well, it, I don't know. Is the thinking that he could be a Johnson replacement if Johnson goes? Is that the thinking? I thought I think so. so. Yeah, I mean... It's not obviously no one knows for sure yet. I mean, it's it's quite interesting that you know on the same day that it's come out that Levy and Marinakis are at like an impasse, that the Hudson Doy deal suddenly is on the same day we hear there's still a lot more work to be done for that one to go over the line. So it does feel as if if one happens, the other will follow. But yeah, yeah so I assume he'd be a Johnson replacement. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing, I suppose, if you kept Johnson and signed Hudson-Odoi. Um, I suppose that's not, you know, inconceivable. Um, okay. And then if that were to happen, I, I think personally, Nottingham Forest, for where you are right now, that's probably a good level for him. I mean, he, he spent last season on loan at Bayer Leverkusen and sadly wasn't really in favour with them, I think, for the second half of last season. So, again, a bit like Lukaku, there's no real recent momentum to go on. Um, having said that, though, given that he has worked with Steve Cooper before, I think that could be the right kind of move for him. If I were to say any Premier League club would be right, I'd probably say that one out of all the other 19. I think I think it's a, an interesting one because we need to sell, I think we do need to sell Johnson for FFP reasons, right. really, in, in all honesty. I think that's the, the whole consensus. It's just getting the right deal. Obviously, trying to swindle Tottenham out of more than 50 million would be brilliant, but we'll soon find <laughs> out. But uh, another player we do need to ask about, Dave, I don't think you I don't think you probably got a chance to see much of him in the summer, but joined us last week. We'll probably see him, uh, as we record this, tomorrow night against Burnley, and that's Andre Santos, obviously. 
a midfielder that was needing minutes this season in the Premier League before he gets enthrusted into the Chelsea first team. Obviously, the likes of Gallagher, Fernandez, Caicedo and Lavia are all ahead of him. So I guess that's the reasoning. But from what you saw maybe in pre-season of him, what, what are Forest fans expecting? Uh, it's well. I I did watch the preseason games. Um, the slight issue is that just as it is often the case with preseason, there was a lot of rotation, and mm. I I don't really seem to recall him getting too many ninety minutes lost. You could really watch him too closely. I mean, he did a solid enough job in games that could be in high temperatures or games where you're not really expected to be playing at full match fitness tempo. Um, however, what I did see was a player who looked very competent on the ball. Uh, can can make tackles, um, can can get attacks going. I didn't really see the sort of the kind of midfielder that can get goals and assists on a regular basis. I think he looked like more of a holding player from what I saw. Um, would he look out of place at Nottingham Forest again? Based on what I saw, I'd say no. He, I think, looks like a player who do a competent job for Nottingham Forest, but I think just very early to say. Um, but based on everything I've heard and what I did see in pre-season, it, 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 you can definitely see the talent that's there. Um, but I don't know, would you guys expect him to play regularly for you? I I think it'd be a bit odd if you guys are sending us him on loan and we don't give him some minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think with the the amount of injuries we had last season, I think it's a good to have someone that can rotate and give us something a little bit different. Because I know he was like one of the top scorers in the under twenties World Cup, I believe it is, or or Copper America. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. Six goals from centre midfield is pretty decent in a tournament uh, format. So I'm sure we'll see because. We bought Danilo in last season from Palmeiras. Was meant to be a holding midfield, end up playing like much higher and scoring goals for us. Yeah, so, yeah. be interesting to see how we utilise him and, and if it makes us change kind of form, especially when you bring in Hudson Adoy as well and a couple of others that we've been linked to. Been linked to about a million. Mitchy Bashawise, like the latest one as well. Um, I couldn't so, help but feel yeah. Nottingham Forest again. That just sounds perfectly Bashway. <laughs> exactly. He's going to come on for the last ten minutes of games and try and ruffle a few feathers. Seems yeah, to be not? what he's done for a lot of other teams. <laughs> I think that's morally accurate, actually. To be fair, exactly how I see that potential link. Oh, Christ. Yeah. Uh, but well, looking ahead to Saturday. Who's going? No, I was just going to say, uh, who else do you have as a backup forward to Awani? Chris Wood. Uh, Wood. Oh, just Wood. Oh, of course, who came on and did the job, did exactly that, ruffled a few feathers against Sheffield United and got Exactly, the yeah, yeah. Oh, and I guess you could technically count Wang Yu Joe, but I highly doubt he'll kick a ball in the Premier League. But um, uh, yeah, you never yeah. know. Maybe you play against Burnley tomorrow and score a hat trick, and then suddenly everyone will be a massive clamour for him to play. Who knows? <laughs> but um, major things have happened. But looking ahead to uh, the weekend, and obviously we both got League Cup action or Carabao Cup now, as it's known. Uh, you've got Wimbledon beforehand. I imagine that'll be a whole 11 changes for you. I wouldn't be surprised if it was similar to Forest, to be honest. So looking ahead to Saturday, I mean, what's your sort of, what sort of team do you think you'll be fielding? Uh, well, Sanchez will probably be in goal. Um, and this is the thing. I, I don't know for certain. Obviously, uh, Mauricio Pochettino is far better place to judge than myself or any supporter. Um, I just wonder if he'll do away with the back three. Um, just because it's not it's not been working incredibly well, um, although he does seem to want his width to come from the fullbacks. Um, but I think he could go to the back four just to sit a bit deeper. Um, so also it can depend who plays tomorrow night and which players he wants to rest and rotate. I think we'll see Silva and then one of Dizazi, Colwell, um, alongside them. 
and then Chilwell at left back. And then, yeah, midfield three should be what Fernandez, Caicedo, probably see Conor Gallagher start again. I think he's just a little bit fortunate that we've been waiting to sign other players and for them to come in. And in that time, he's been able to get a few more games in. Um, and then front three is a bit of a strange one, actually, because you've got Sterling and you've got Jackson, although I'm not really sure who the who the third one would be uh, at this point. Um, so actually, that, that may be the only reason for sticking with the back three, because Mudrick has got a mysterious injury, which has not really been defined. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more to that situation after his performance at West Ham. Um, and then you've got Madueke, who I think though is more likely to play tomorrow night than on Saturday. Um, I think he's trying to get his game minutes up as well. So, yeah, it's, funny thing is, yeah, it's just that top end. I'm not really too sure what, what we do with it is the only thing. No, you're right. Mudrick in that West Ham game was dire. I mean, I've seen some um, wild reports from Arsenal fans who seem to think that he's been offered as a part of a swap for Smith Rowe today, which I find very difficult to believe. But yeah, it does seem as if yeah. there might be a deeper issue to Madrid, whether it's disciplinary or whether it's just, I don't know. He just seems a bit aloof, doesn't he? Like, obviously, he got um, he got called out, didn't he, for filming that bloke at the gym and laughing at him. He um, also oh, seen yeah, yeah. roaming, roaming around London and not really, obviously got confronted by a few fans and didn't really seem to care. Like, I, I don't know. He just, for, I think for 90 million, you kind of expect a bit more than that. But, um, yeah, it's not really, it's not what's Yeah. Topic, and obviously, but... there's the context of the fact that his country's going through hell still. And we know that, yes, every Ukrainian player must have a lot of things going on at home domestically and things for them to be worrying about. But, yeah, notwithstanding that, it's strange because, in again, pre season, there's only so much you can read into it, I suppose, because he did look very strong there. He scored a brilliant goal against Brighton. Um, but then I think, though, that the next issue that they're saying, though, is that similarly to when Pochettino was at Tottenham and he wanted the fullbacks, mainly Walker and Rose, to provide all the width, it's, he wants similar out of James and Chilwell. And he doesn't seem to favour out-and-out wingers. Um, so he would rather play Sterling. And even in the first two games, Chuck Wimeka, who's also out injured now as well. But he, I think he likes, similarly to what we had with Tuchel, I think he'd rather have two inside forwards playing behind the centre forward. Um, so... I'm slightly worried that players like Mudrick and Madueke will just be backup players for the majority, unless unless we get further injuries, because um, I'm not too sure they quite fit what he will try to do. But then, there's a lot of potential in Mudrick from what I see. If you can get him fit and firing, I see I see shades of Iron Robin in the way that he plays and the way he runs at defenders. Um, but yeah, it, it, there, it seems like there's a lot that needs to happen there, and whether there's uh, whether there's further issues there, I don't know. Where where do you see Forrest getting their joy, Dave? I know you mentioned obviously the counter attack. That's kind of probably the most glaring thing for, for people to worry about with Forrest. But do you think there's any other areas that Forrest might look to exploit in Chelsea's armour? Hmm. I think midfield, I think, is something where I'd be more confident about us at the moment, just because of what we've seen from Fernandez so far. Um, Caicedo looked a bit better against Luton obviously that was Luton um, after a bit of a shocking debut but he looked a bit better uh, I'm trying to think who plays on the wing now for, for, obviously well, you'll have Johnson on one wing I guess gives White on another but I'm trying to think in terms of uh, are you still playing the back three? Yeah we have been recently uh, Ola Aina who was a Chelsea youth probably yes. been playing left wing back and then Serge Aurier right wing back but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gonzalo Montiel played tomorrow night in the cup um, oh, yeah. and 
and I don't know. It might, he, he might, he might try and change it because I, I think he's he's got a lot more pace than Oreo to get forward. So it, it could be something he he looks at, but we'll 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 soon find out. It's quite nice to have options for once. To be yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I'll just be intrigued to see who will play at wing back um, because uh, the only thing is Marlo Gusto looks like a talented young player, but he's very inexperienced at this level. Um, he, he's looked quite solid in one-on-one defending, but I, I think against the team that plays with the speed that Forrest do, I think that's something that could potentially be exploited. Um, I don't think there'll be as much joy on the other side with Chilwell, but I suppose that that's another one. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think <laughs> that, that's another thing as well. Yeah, it's another thing. I think Dezazi will likely go up against him for the physicality. Um aspect but uh yeah i mean other than that i mean i'll be honest i think both sides will get chances in this game i think we will too i just think that the issue is whether i i could see us getting an early lead maybe and then struggling to put the game away that would probably be the time where i think the forest might be able to strike if there's a period early in the second half where we maybe before we brought any subs on i think that's particularly the time when forest could maybe get at us but um i think it'll be close though i i, I think i could see it being a 2-1 or a or even a two-all again like we had last season, something like that. I wouldn't be too surprised. I don't know what you guys think. I went for one-all, didn't I? I think Adam, you went, did you go for the same? I went for one-one. I mean, last season, Dave, I have mm. to admit, Stamford Bridge was one of the best away grounds I've been to in my lifetime really? as a as a travelling red. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it. I like the closeness to the pitch of like of the elite stadiums that I've been to. So yeah, it was cool. Well, to be it. fair, a lot of away fans enjoyed coming to Stamford Bridge last season, didn't they? You know, yeah, we and were... scoring two goals did help. I mean, that, that <laughs> helped massively. Although seeing it seeing it out of form, Raheem Sterling score, uh, did he? He got a couple in that game as well, didn't the he? The second so... Sterling score was brilliant. Yeah, the way he's whipped yeah. it past uh, um, Navas. Yeah. He got so the goal like... at the City Ground as well. Yeah, he did. He, I think he got he three goals. Yeah. Oh, that's been funny. Twice. Like, did <laughs> it onto the bar, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So uh, an informed Sterling does does worry me, especially with our backline, yeah. with the turning circle of uh, the of a bloody ship in the Suez Canal or whatever. Obviously, so you know, I'll be yeah. Fun. Well, because I think about looking at that Arsenal game, it seemed to be particularly. It wasn't it a run from Martinelli which opened you up for the first goal? And I think if Sterling could do something like that, like he's the answer, I think, to tight defences, basically, when everyone's got men behind the ball. Because even the penalty at West Ham came from him running at defenders. I just think if you've got someone who can do that, you'll open mm. up most teams in the league. I'd like to say, I think it was Martinelli for that opening goal at the Emirates. It uh, was, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the second one from Saka, I mean, no one could do much about that one. But um, yeah. Hey, Christian, but, Christian will tell you a different. <laughs> really? He thought Matt well, Turner no. should have got to it. <laughs> I didn't say he should have got to it, no. I was just annoyed that he died about five seconds too late. But Oh, um, yeah, that's what you get from Kepper as well, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Oh, dear. So, uh, yeah, so you're going to go for 2-1 or 2-all, Dave? Oh, I feel like I'm putting myself out there to be shot at. Only because, like I said, because I think I went for draws both times last season. So purely by the fact we've just improved a little bit, I'll just go for the one, the single goal Chelsea win this time. But I, I don't think it will be a flawless performance, put it that way. <laughs> no, if, if the other games are anything to go by against the um the typical top six away, it's bound to be an interesting one. I mean, I've seen one at Arsenal, 
Arsenal to United? Will it be free at Chelsea? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, we'll you guys have not been treated but... very well by the fixture computer, have you, really, for these like first no, three away I think, games? I don't think it's, that, it's, it's, it's like on FM, you just get completely shafted. I mean, what's it? We had boys, we've got, it was Arsenal, um, what's it, United, Chelsea. I'm pretty sure we've got City as our next away game. Then, and then like Palace, got... then Liverpool. Palace and Liverpool. Liverpool. And then I think we've got um, someone else pretty like unappealing in that run as well. I think it's like, yeah, five out of the first six are all like the top six. We've got all the promoted sides at home. The sides that you don't really want to play at the start of the season as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like you'd probably rather out that way. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably rather though have the tough away games now than in April and May, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think given how competitive we've been in them so far, I think that's probably a fair assessment. I mean, whether I'd expect Arsenal come like December, for example, to be much stronger. United, maybe not so much. Hopefully not so much. But um, yeah, it's you think it's probably better to play them early doors before they've got any real momentum. But, yeah, um, you're also helped, I think, we'll by certainly the fact see, that yeah. yeah, and you're also helped, I think, by the fact that there are just some utter disasters going on at the bottom end of the Premier League at the moment, which I think like you, Everton, you can spot yeah. three weaker teams than Forest easily this season. That wasn't so much the case last season. I mean, if Luton and Sheffield United, if either of them stay up, that'll be one of the biggest Premier League miracles I've ever seen. And then Everton are an absolute car crash as well. I mean, if they didn't have Sean Dyche, I think they'd be absolute odds-on to go down. They might be anyway, to be honest. They still might Um, be. Like, yeah, it's it's not looking great, is it? Like, I saw this, even this, um, this, um, is it Beto or Beto? Beto, whatever. Um, chat they've signed safe like 25 million. Apparently, he loses the ball on average like five times a game. He doesn't stick to him. He's a target man that <laughs> doesn't keep the ball. So, no, I mean, it's anyone like, but Dice not playing in center half. Yeah. When, and even aside from that as well, question marks about Burnley. I know they were a great championship team, but they've um, shipped a few goals early on. But uh, I, I think whether that style and, and that inexperience in in the Premier League will cost them. I don't know. But I mean, I, I do feel this, I don't know, you know, again, what you guys think, but I'd be more surprised if you went down this season than I would have been last season. Yeah, I think, I think with, especially I think with like, we, who we're linked yeah. with as well. Even the way we're playing, yeah. we look like, I think, even though we've lost, obviously, to Arsenal United, you, you look at those games and it felt like we were a Premier League team. Whereas there were times, especially at the start of last season, where it just didn't, you just look like a player's thrown together a championship club. So, um, yeah, we've definitely improved on that front. But no, um, I trust you're going to the game on Saturday, am I right, Zane? I will be there, yeah. Um, I missed it last season because uh, I was in Vegas. Um, and consequently, I broke my pelvis that day as well. So it wasn't the best. <laughs> I had an accident on a quad bike. So it wasn't my best memory from the day. Do you know, funnily enough, this would be a good thing to actually include in the podcast, though. So I had concussion that day. Um and I couldn't remember what day it was and I couldn't remember what my friends' names were. But weirdly enough, you know, I could remember the score from earlier that day. Interesting. <laughs> Forest. Do you think that's what so game you can do? It's the of the Frank Lampard. Yeah. So quite what that says about me and my mindset towards life, I don't know. But uh, it's probably a bit unhealthy. It's the important things, Dave. Football, football, football. Yeah. <laughs> In that order. Yeah. But yeah, this time, um, anyway. this time I'll be there. I'll... Uh, I'll be expecting a you know, nice vociferous loud support from you guys as well because I, I imagine you'll be bringing the full 3,000 again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll take the full lot, yeah. It didn't take long to sell out that one. As every game, it seems, at the minute. But um, but yes, thank you for coming on, Dave. I just appreciate it. Uh, hat-trick ball for you as well. And um, I've noticed, actually, since we've had you, so the first game, first time it was, uh, what's it? 
one all, second time it was two all. So if it's a three all draw now, we'll have to get you on for the next Ooh, time. Yeah. Four all draw, like blockbuster. Yeah. So, we'll <laughs> I'll, 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 Christian, I'll be annoyed if Forest score three at Stamford Bridge and don't win the fucking game. Yeah. We, we scored would, two yeah. at Old Trafford, didn't we? It's not inconceivable. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but that, that was bad timing. If we score like one at the start, one at half time, that will bamboozle them and they'll uh, they'll all the tourists will leave. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't <laughs> mind if we could get the same ref in VAR as what you had at Old Trafford on Saturday. That yeah, I think they're still on United's payroll, so you might have to sort of negotiate that one with old Todd before um Friday. But anyway, yeah, yes, I mean, thank you again, Dave, yeah. for coming on. Much appreciated. And um, yeah, so all those watching the game or whether you're there or otherwise, then yeah, hope it'd be a good one and come on you Reds. Yeah, cheers guys, enjoy it. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.